You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. Welcome back to another episode of the Torah Sparks Podcast. You know, it's not every day where you recall, where you can remember a vart, a story, anything for that matter that you've heard from a teacher, a rebbe, an influencer, a mentor, a parent. It's not every day that you could always just remember that. You know, there are those select few that have this crazy memory. They remember everything everybody said, but sometimes it's in fact a bracha that we forget. But... I want to share with you a vart that I remember from 10th grade. My Rebbe in 10th grade, he's now the Menachal Rabbi Yisrael Lefkowitz, he said over the story, the following story to explain pshat, to explain the understanding in Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. And he says how there is a story with, um, you know, with a guy who he decided, you know what, I'm going to be the best painter ever. And he was looking, up, he was researching, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to paint? Am I going to paint a picture of, uh, you know, the Catskilled Mountains, the Rocky Mountains? Am I going to paint a picture of Mount Rushmore? He was thinking, he decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to paint a picture of this scene when you're standing atop of Mount Everest at the right moment, at the right part of the day, when you could see the sun glistening off the clouds. It's the perfect picturesque type of scene that you could imagine. And he decided, you know what? This is the scene that I'm going to paint. He found, in fact, some type of like picture of it online. And he decided, I'm going to go to that place and paint the most beautiful painting ever. And his friends, you know, in high, this is in high school, his friends all went to camps and had a great time. He decided, you know what? I'm not going to camp. I'm invested in this. I'm going to art school. And he decided to go to art school. And sure enough, in his early 20s, he decided, okay, now is the time. He has a couple bunch of years of painting experience. And he gathered together a crew, the right the right people to go on to this. This is an arduous, dangerous trek up to Mount Everest. He had to find the right type of paint. It was very expensive because you had to have the right type of paint that wouldn't uh, freeze in the very frigid cold weather and he went with his crew he went with his paint and he's on his way climbing Mount Everest to go to go paint this most exquisite beautiful painting ever and it takes them about a week and a half and they camping and they're climbing and they're camping and climbing the way you have to do it is you have to stop and start that you can't just go straight up mount everest you got to stop and start you got to have equilibrium otherwise it's going to be too much pressure for the brain and so that's what they did it took a long time after about a week and a half they were there at the top of the mountain and Everybody, the whole crew, was exhausted, and they said, "Hey, let's just set up camp, and you know, we'll you'll do the painting tomorrow." And the guy decided, "We came here this far, 
We're not going to do the painting tomorrow. And he decides to set up his easel right then and there. Right then and there, he takes out his paint and he starts painting away. He's on top of Mount Everest painting this most amazing painting. And he sees it's the right moment of the day. The sun is shining. It's glistening off the clouds. It's here. It's happening. He's making the painting right here, right now, as we speak, as we're listening to this podcast. You're hearing it live. He's there atop painting it away. And it's taking him five minutes 10 minutes 20 minutes after an hour and a half he's finished painting the painting and like a good painter does he starts taking a step back and oh my goodness he looked at the physical sky and the skyline of the mountainous area and the terrain the topography and the sun glistening off the clouds and it's mesmerizing mesmerizing it's exquisite it's beautiful it's delicious And he looks at his painting, and it literally looks immaculate. It looks the same. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is going to make me millions. This is going to be amazing. And he's like, I got to get a better look. And he takes another step back, because you can't just look at the painting from up close and personal. You got to take a few steps back. And he starts taking a couple more steps back. And a couple more steps back to get a better view. Sure enough, one of his crew members notices the painter. He's taking a few steps back. He notices... Oh my gosh, if he takes one more step back, he's going to fall off the cliff. And again, this is happening now in slow motion. And he decides, oh my gosh, there's only a couple options that I could do. How do I make it that the painter, that he's not going to fall? He decides either I could yell and scream, but that would just, that's not going to do anything. Or maybe I could, uh, you know, um, call out his name, but that's not what's that going to do? He's still going to take a step back. He's so involved in his painting. So you know what the crew member decided to do? Quickly, again, this is happening in, in milliseconds. He takes a peg from one of the from one of the tents, and he just dives and launches with the peg in his hand like a dagger straight at the painting, straight at the picture. And as soon as the painter sees this, he dives forward, right? He was about to take a step back. He dives forward. He sees what his crew member is about to cruelly do. He's about to tear apart his painting, something he worked so hard, something he spent years upon his life to go to do and make this painting. He finally is here. He's finally, he finally did it. And he sees his crew member being disloyal to him and about to stab it. And sure enough, there's just a collision and the painter falls on top of the crew member and the, f- the crew member falls on top of the painting and there's just a loud, sheer sound of dagger meeting canvas and canvas meeting its end. And they all get up and everyone's alive, but they look at the painting and the painter looks at the crew member and the crew member looks at the painting and the painting looks back at both of them. Kidding, paintings don't look at anybody. But he's, the, the painter starts trembling and he starts crying and he starts yelling at the crew member, what have you done? You, 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 atta- you, you ruined, this was my masterpiece. I spent years trying to do this. That, that's it, I'm so upset. And the crew member said, just wait, uh, you, you could hurt me, you could strangle me, you could do anything you want. Just please let me have one last word. Let me just please explain myself. He said to the painter, just turn around. And the painter, the painter slowly turns around and he sees exactly what happened. He sees, I underst- he understood what happened. He understood that had he taken one step further backwards, he would have met his end. And he realized that the reason why the crew member did what he did is because it's the only way he could save the painter. 
So yeah, the painting had to go, but the painter was kept alive. He was able to see at the end what was ultimately there for his best interest. We say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Hashem, Yudke Vavke, is the Midas Arachmim. It's the good, quote-unquote, aspect of Hashem. But then there's also Elokeinu. That's the Midas Hadin. That's the judgment. These are the parts of life we sometimes don't understand. Some things, the hardships, the things that are difficult. But you know what we say in Parshish Vaschan, in chapter 6, verse 4, you know what we say? Shema Yisrael. Listen, Klai Yisrael. Hashem Elokeinu, you'll see aspects of both of these. You'll see aspects of Yudke Vavke, aspects of Midas Arachmim, aspects where things in life are going well, fine, and dandy. But then you'll see aspects that are Elokeinu, things in the realm of, I don't understand, this is difficult, I'm not sure what's going on, it's challenging, it's above my pay grade to understand. But you know what the Pasuk says? Hashem Echad, Yudke Vavke Echad, at the end of the day, Yes, there's Hashem and there's Elokeinu, but it's all Hashem. It's really all Yudkei Vavke. It's really all Midas HaRachamim. Even the Elokeinu is really Hashem. Even the parts of life we don't understand ultimately is Echad. Now, in our lives, in the, in the moment when we're going through the difficulty, we might not understand that. Very oftentimes we won't understand it. But is, there's consolation in realizing that ultimately at the end, called Avid Rachman Latav Avid, everything that God does is for the best. You know, I was thinking how amazing and beautiful of a shot. That we say, every, not that we say, but every year, Parshas Vashanan coincides with Shabbos Nachamu. And Nachamu begins, the Haftorah and Isaiah, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami. It's that double language of Nachamu, Nachamu, that double Nachamu. And I was thinking, you know what's interesting? Sometimes, you know, if a person doesn't have spirituality in their lives, if a person doesn't have God in their lives, so then difficulties that come their way, challenges that occur to them, this is one of the most often um, predicaments for why a person commits suicide or gives up on their life because they don't see meaning in their difficulties. They don't see meaning in their hardships. When something doesn't go their way or a relationship goes haywire or something happens that they don't understand, they get into a fender bender or whatever it might be, and they're like, oh my gosh, there's no point of any of this. But you know what happens when a person has a shame in their life? They realize that cult of it, everything that Hashem does ultimately is for the best. Now, in the moment, they might not understand what's going on, but they realize and they believe that ultimately, at the end of the day, Hashem Echad, it's all going to work out. It's all going to be fine and dandy. Everything is Everything that Hashem does truly is for the best. So you know what Pshat is, perhaps, in Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, the double lush and the double language of Nachamu, Nachamu, there's a Nechama in realizing that there's Nechama. There's Nechama right now, in my specific situation, even if I don't understand, because I know that ultimately there will be an ultimate Nechama. So that's the Nachamu, Nachamu. There's Nechama right now, there's consolation right now. You could have a certain sense of ease, a certain sense of Anuchas Nefesh, even right now, because you know that there's a Boreolum, you know that Hashem exists, and therefore there will be an ultimate Nechama. Whether it's at the end of the days, whether it's the end of this day, at the end of the month, at the end of the week, whatever it is, whenever that ultimate Nechama comes your way. But it's important for us to believe that ultimately it's all Hashem Echad. May we be Zochet to realize 
you know, we shouldn't experience hardships and difficulties. We should, you know, we say, we daven every day, we shouldn't go, we shouldn't be involved in the Nisayim. But at the end of the day, as we're in Gullus, in exile, the Jewish people, communally, globally, individually, they're faced with Nisayim's challenges. But we have to realize, Hashem Elokeinu, there's aspects of both, of Midas Arachim and Midas Adin, at the end of the day, Hashem Echad. Really, it's all Yudke Vavke. Really, it's all Midas Arachim. May we learn to see the goodness and have consolation in the now, realizing that there's a future, that there's an ultimate consolation. Nachamu, Nachamu Ami. Enjoy your Shabbos, Nachamu. Have a holy rest of your week, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Torah Sparks podcast. We'll see you next time.